clock at five. Pass is intercepted at the goal line by Malcolm Butler. Unreal. Rainbows high and deep into the end zone. And it is caught. Caught, caught for a touchdown. A leaping touchdown. Captain goes. He'll be chased and he is gone. 97 yards. Does he get both feet in right here at the end, Jim? What are they going to roll it? He caught it? Touchdown! He did what? He did what? He runs to the 50. He runs to the 40. The guy is drunk, but there he goes. We are seeing another spectacular effort by Marino, who fires. Touchdown! Oh, that's loose. Allen steps up. Jumps over the defenders to pick up the first. There's a prayer. to the end zone, which is fought for by Tate with Jennings simultaneous. Who has it? Who do they give it to? Touchdown! Tell me something cool. That was all in all. Did you hear me respond to that? Yeah. Because I sort of agreed with certain things during this episode that he didn't guess my friend's fortune oh tricky so last week we had four rookie quarterbacks go four and oh in josh allen of the buffalo bills josh rosen of the arizona cardinals baker mayfield of the cleveland browns and of course sam donald of the new york jets four and oh my friend's fortune for this week is just another lamar jackson thing but it's pretty bold baker mayfield at home is going to be the los angeles chargers Josh Allen eh. on the road is going to beat the Houston Texans. Eh. Close. Josh Rosen of the Arizona Cardinals Close is going to travel third to Minnesota and beat the Minnesota Vikings. Eh. And Sam Donald at home is going to beat the Indianapolis Colts. Da, da, da. Got that Four one. <laughs> rookie quarterbacks will go 4-0 again this week. 8-0 two weeks in a row. We're talking about the next four great quarterbacks hmm. of the NFL. Fine. That's much better than mine. <laughs> All right, here we go. It's just me in the room, and I am not feeling super confident about any friend's fortunes that I have right now. Maybe it's because uh, I'm reeling about my freaking you're 47 got one right. touchdowns. I'm going to say something along this line for this week. Of the teams that lost last week in Week 5, I believe that at least Nine of them are going to get wins this week. So, obviously, each week, 16 teams lose. I'm going to say that nine teams that lost last week in week five are going to rebound and win in week six in the NFL. I'm not sure if that's even mathematically possible, but you know what? Friends' fortunes. All right, so there we go. Uh, So, like I said, I... Took a pretty lazy approach with Friends Fortune last week. <laughs> I felt like I had something really good planned yeah. and I completely forgot. And I didn't even look up to see how that ended up. Well, you didn't get it right. I didn't? No. Okay. Yeah. Probably not. I mean, there were a ton of teams that were on winning streaks this past week that oh. continued the win streak. So it's impossible that you could have. Okay. Well, But regardless, um, I love that you mentioned that 
at the beginning of yours, you said that my friend's fortunes are so off. You're the one who's gotten one right. I don't think, I, don't, I, don't think get, I said it was off. I said I was feeling off. We like need I was to, not feeling good about it. We need to hunker down here and get some of these right. I mean, I'm I feel upset. like, I'm well, I feel like, it, I mean, we could say something like super simple. Like, I know. Bengals are going to score 30 points. I mean, like, who cares about that? Right. Like, I think the fun element is that. I'm so strange. I, I just want to get one right. <laughs> but regardless, I will say that, uh, you know, at halftime of all the games, I was a little nervous, but the Jets looked like they were going to be okay. The Bills were only down 10. Um, Baker and the Chargers were kind of still still in there. Mm-hmm. And and the same with the Rosen and the Vikings game. Didn't get super out of hand until later in the game. But regardless, one and three on those ones. And uh, with that, I'll say welcome to Simultaneous Catch. <laughs> My name's Josh Lapping. This is Adam Jeffrey Rossi. And welcome back. Web- episode... Seven. seven. We're almost seven. halfway through the football season. That's so sad. It always goes so fast. Ugh. Ooh. Well, we have a great episode planned for you. We, we have sure a do. lot of things we're going to talk about. We're going to uh-huh. break down. Last week, we had fun with our top 10 corners. We're going to talk wide receivers this week. Yeah. We have a great guest on. Uh, Mr. Mike Mika is going to come on and talk about his Cowboys. Uh, so we have that in store and a lot of other fun things. So Absolutely. we are, are ready to go here on a Tuesday evening, and let's, uh, with that, get into it. Um, Obviously, we're going to start on a little bit of a somber note. Yeah. Uh, This this past week, Mr. Paul Allen, the owner of the Seattle Seahawks, passed away at the age of 65 Mm -hmm. uh, from battling non-Hodgkin's lymphoma. Yeah. He was diagnosed a handful of years ago, went through treatment, beat it, it came back. And I feel like that was just announced, and he was ready to uh, to take on to get treatment and yeah. to get better, and ultimately, unfortunately, passed away. So our thoughts and prayers go out to his family. Without a doubt. He's also uh, the co-founder of Microsoft, yeah. the owner of the Portland Trailblazers, and uh-huh. really just did a lot for the, for the Pacific Northwest. So, so much for that community. And uh, they were talking about it a little bit on Good Morning Football this morning, and Nate Burleson played for the Seahawks, and so he knew okay. Paul. And he just talked about how great of a person he was, and he ended it with something that I thought was really nice. He said, billion-dollar man with a trillion-dollar heart. Mm. And I really liked that a lot. I do but like that. Rest in peace, and obviously our thoughts and prayers absolutely go out to to the family and friends of all that. Absolutely. Yeah. All right, so obviously those things are always difficult and not not fun to deal with, but without a doubt, that's that is, that's a, is a part of life. And like we said, thoughts and prayers to everyone, uh, just everyone in the football community and his his family and whatnot. So with that, uh, let's get into some rant, Raven recalls, my friend. Now yeah. I I'm so excited because <laughs> as we are prepping, I know you said what you were going to talk about. I'm going to let uh, you go first, and I'm going to turn down the microphone a little <laughs> bit because I know this is going to get heated. So the floor is yours, my okay. friend. Okay, I have a rant, and I have a doozy of a rant, and I feel, I feel I've feel earned this, and I, I appreciate it. What's, a, uh, what's his name that gave Brian? us the question? Brian gave us a little bit of critique about our show, and we appreciate it. Uh, we welcome all critiques, absolutely. But he, he mentioned that we talk about a lot where we say, I'm sorry for talking about my team, and that we shouldn't apologize it because we're passionate about him. I haven't talked about the Bills that much in depth the last couple weeks, but we're going to talk about it today. Here we go. I cannot, cannot believe what happened against the Houston Texans. And 
first of all, it was a 10-point spread. We were supposed to lose by 10 points. And we're up 13-10 to 10 in late in the fourth quarter and somehow lose that game. We can get into details about that. But, and I don't really like the, I don't like the, the trope that people say, you know, they're wasting a good defense. But let's take a deep dive right now into how freaking good the Buffalo Bills defense is. And people are not giving us the credit we deserve. Let's okay, here we go. The defense this past week had seven sacks, 12 quarterback hits, two interceptions. Jordan Poyer had an interception and five tackles, two for loss. Uh, Trey White, two tackles, and when he was in coverage, he only allowed two receptions for 30 yards. Uh, and then, so this is the total. seven. This is the the um, the bullet points here. Bill's defense, seven sacks, three forced fumbles, two interceptions, 11 tackles for loss, 216 total yards allowed. 216 total yards allowed. Mm-hmm. 3.8 yards per play. Texans were 3 for 13 on third down, which is 23%. 13 points allowed. 10 of them were on drives that they started in their own 30-yard line. So, Bill's defense was absolutely lights out. And we can go even further into this. Even This is insane to me. Okay. In the first 1.5 game, one and a half games of the season, the Buffalo Bills defense looked like the absolute worst in the league. Nobody's going to deny that. That's the 47-point blowout. And then the 28-6 to six at halftime to the Chargers. Over the last four and a half games against the Vikings, Packers, Titans, and Texans, they have been arguably the best defense in the NFL. And I'm going to hit you with stats here, okay? okay? In the last four and a half games, the Bills defense has allowed 4.53 yards per play. And that's only second in the NFL behind only the Ravens that are at 4.43. I was going to say that's something including Including out. the first two games. This is all including the first two games, and we're still in these rankings. The Bills have had 11 takeaways, which would rank them 7th among NFL teams through all 6 games. So, this is the interesting part about that one, is 11 turnovers in the last 4.5 games, and that ranks them 7th amongst teams that included all of their games. A league-high 7 fumble recoveries, even if you take away the first first game and a half. The Bills have allowed three passing touchdowns against five interceptions in the last four and a half games. The team had 17 sacks in the last four and a half games, which would rank them eighth for the entire season. They have 19 total in the year, which is third in the NFL. The Bills also locking down running backs with 3.39 yards per carry in the past four and a half games. That would rank second in the league behind the Saints. The Ravens are eighth with 3.9. If you're looking for a picture of how good the Bills have played, look at the fourth quarter goal line stand on the one-yard line, inside the one-yard line, after Will Fuller drew the bogus P.I. in the end zone. First down, tackle for loss. Second down, tackle for loss. Third down, false start, and then an incomplete pass, pass breakup by Matt Milano. The Bills' defense has been absolutely lights out. And I cannot, it is... This sounds like a rave, not a it rant. Is, it is unreal to me this is the rant part it's unreal to me that you have a defense playing that good that's not getting the respect they deserve they're not and i'm not saying they're the best defense in the nfl i'm saying that the argument with those stats can absolutely be made that the bills are one of the best and if you look at the stat categories they're top five in more than half for defensive categories and in the ones that they're not top five they're top 10 and that's including giving up 47 points in the opener and 28 in the first half of the second game that's including those, and they're still in the top five in all these defensive categories. And 
you're going to tell me that you're going to hand that defense this unbelievably sad and depressing offense. The the Bills offense is ranked last in almost every major category. They're dead last on offensive in points, total yards per play, passing yards per game, passing average, sacks per pass play, 31st in total yards a game, first downs, and third down percentage. They're absolutely one of the worst offenses in the NFL. And our defense is unreal. They're amazing. And then you're going to give us Nate Peterman. It's just, it's unbelievable. It's unbelievable. <laughs> rant, rant, rant. Are you done? Yeah, I'm done. Who? All right. Now. I feel like I feel like that was good for you, my friend. One last thing. Okay. I'm sorry. That's fine. This is this is this is part of the this is wrapping up the anger that I have about this team right now. Put I little, still love you guys and I'm still rooting for you, but put a little bow on. There's it. a little bow on it about the Nate Peterman thing because he might play on Sunday and I might lose my mind. He's probably going to play. Of the 496 quarterbacks. With at least 50 pass attempts since the 1970 merger of the Love NFL. It. Love it. Nathan Peterman's adjusted yards gained per attempt is 0.01. That ranks fifth worst in the NFL. The only quarterbacks that have worst? Randy Hedberg, 1977. John Huffnagel, 1974-75. <laughs> J.J. Jones, 1975. And Kim... Mick Quilkin, 1974 to 79, are the only quarterbacks to have it worse. If you know who any of those people are, I will give you a dollar without looking it up. Unbelievable. I will say this. We seem to have a very profound effect on the NFL world. (laughs) When we shout somebody out, it often comes back to, I don't want to say haunt us because they perform well. A great example is I... Did include Josh Norman on my top and he had corners. An, he had a great played, game. Played lights out. <laughs> uh, so I feel like those four quarterbacks in their uh, like now sixties, seventies, they're going. Something's going to happen. Like uh, does that mean Nate Peterman's gonna have a great day? Maybe they'll sign Kim, <laughs> and Kim's gonna come. Kim McQuilkin. And come. Somebody get Kim McQuilkin. <laughs> gonna come beat the Indianapolis Colts. Uh, I can't believe it. It's unreal. Who? All right. Well done, my friend. Well done. Well, a lot of research went into that, and yeah, I really I, appreciated it. I had it all written down on my notes on my phone. I was ready to go. It was impressive. <laughs> so I'm going to cheat a little bit, but I, but I feel I like, like this. it's this kind of interesting. I'm going to rant, rave, and uh-huh. recall all the all in one. So here we go. I am about to talk about the AFC North. I am going to rant about the Cincinnati Bengals okay. because I'm just very upset that they should have won that game. Yes. Now, I said last week, and I, I was incorrect, I said the, the home games seem to favor these teams when they play. That I went back and looked a little bit, and the Steelers have just owned the Bengals for the last handful of years, no matter yeah. where they're at. They have like the big brother mantra over the, the Bengals, but I feel like this is a different Bengals team right yeah. now, and I feel like they should have won. They were in position. Now, I, I do have to respect that. When they drove down the Bengals to uh, take the lead, AJ, or, I mean, uh, excuse me, Andy Dalton stood up in the pocket, threw that pass to A.J. Yeah. Green, set up the touchdown run. I'm not going to call, and I'm not going to play into any of this. Mm-hmm. It was a pick play. It was illegal. It should have been a penalty. Yeah. You can discuss that all of you want. I, I personally don't think it was a pick play. Yeah. I'm I'm all for the non-call. I mean, people do it all the time. Bengals but... just messed up that play. They didn't play the right defense at all. If you're going to have... Two wide receivers stacked like that, you need to be able to adjust and play to that, especially right. one of the caliber of Antonio Brown. Yeah. 
they lost that game. They should have won it. This is their year, as we've been talking about. The Bengals have been playing extremely well. This should have been the time that they stepped up in their home turf and won that game. Yeah. I'm going to recall all the things I've said about the, uh, Pit- the Pittsburgh Steelers. <laughs> I've been all over the map with them, and I'm still not sure things have been quote-unquote figured out or solved or whatnot. Right. But I said, it might have been last week, it could have been two weeks ago, it was in within that time frame that I was like, I don't think they're going to make it. Who knows what the heck's going to happen with this division now. Right. It's all over the place. So I'm going to recall that. I am going to rave about the the Baltimore Ravens, who I've been getting on their bandwagon. Really? I've, yeah. I've been about that. Yeah. They played lights-out defense they sure against the Tennessee Titans, a yeah. team that I'm not a huge fan of. Right. I know you are. Right. But in a league where we're talking about offensive records being broken all over the place, points right. being put up, maybe something like the Baltimore Ravens is what we need, where a yeah. team goes out and plays that defense is able to run the ball a little bit. Joe Flacco can turn it on at certain times. And even when they've lost games, like they lost to the Browns, and people are like, oh, they lost to the Browns. Well, th- this is a team that we've been talking about should be on the rise. And yeah. it was a field goal game. Yeah. I mean, obviously, the Browns scored a touchdown, but it looked like a field goal. So in the stats, I mean, like it's like a, it's a three-point field right. goal kind of game. It's a baseball game. Uh, so, no, I'm all about it. So, I'm ranting, raving, recalling the AFC North. In a year that football is so strange because records are so close, divisions are pretty much still completely wide open yeah, in mean, most categories, maybe excluding uh, the Rams, uh, their division, because they're still undefeated. So, you know... Yeah, but uh, other than that, really every other division is kind of there, you know? And, and obviously we can't close that division yet either. It's still way too early. There's but a ton of everything is just so, so close. Yeah. So, I it's mean, fun. like, it makes it fun. It makes, I mean, nothing is solved right now. Everything's wide open. So any team can still kind of get up there. Wild cards are so far from being figured out. And I mean, not to say week seven, you do figure those things out. But you can definitely start talking about it. Right now, you can't because it's pretty much everybody. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. I love who. <laughs> that was great. I love that you recalled your Steelers opinion only to say that you just don't have one on them right now. I mean, but it, it's so... I mean, it makes sense, but it's just so funny because last week was the week, I believe you said that the Steelers were going to be outside, on the outside looking in on the playoffs. Yeah. And your recall wasn't to be like, now they're going to make it. It was just that I have no idea and I'm just staying away from them. <laughs> I mean, and that's, what, I mean, that's the fact. I mean, I'm still... I'm not... On the bandwagon of like they've got it all figured right, out. They don't. They're gonna sweep the division. They're they're the Super Bowl contenders. They might lose the, this week. They very well. Could. Oh no, wait, they're on a bye week. <laughs> so they can't. they're gonna lose this. <laughs> I, I mean, like maybe Bell not coming back this week will be the loss that they yeah. get. But regardless, we'll see. I mean, it's just who knows what's going on with this team. Mm-hmm. So they they beat up on a team that they have the confidence to go and do. Yeah. If this was a different game and. Uh, the final play hadn't gone the way that it did, who knows? And we'd be yeah. talking about the Steelers in a completely different light. Right. So, yeah, I just have no idea even what to, We're obviously going to talk about the Steelers moving forward. Right. I just have no idea what's going on I can't put my pin with on that, that, that division at all. And then there's the Browns, who... <laughs> we didn't talk about it on the show, but I think it was last week that you were like, the Browns are going to make the playoffs. And I said, no, they're not. And they're not. I mean, uh, I didn't say it on the show because I wasn't uh, as confident on air. Because I'm don't really, <laughs> i not going to put my stamp on that so, right now. No, but, not. Um, so, uh, yeah, Rant Ray Recall. What a Ooh. good segment that was this week. 
Big fan. So uh, I think this is going to be... Maybe we won't rant about this, but I feel like it's something that we, we talked about in one of our earliest episodes. And here we are talking about it again. Two. Mr. Jalen Ramsey, cornerback of the Jacksonville Jaguars. Now, if you haven't been keeping up uh, with us, uh, you can go back and listen on demand at any point on any of our streaming services. You can fast forward, rewind, listen to any part that you want to. Listen to Pal's Picks over and over and over again if you want. That's cool with us. We talked about Jalen Ramsey because he spent all summer. Now, I we both put Jalen Ramsey as our number one cornerback. We did. In our we rankings. did. After so, everything that we said, we he, he's still our number one corner. You can't take anything away from his talent. So, obviously, after week two, let's rewind. Let's move back in time in the football season. We'll paint the picture. The Jacksonville Jaguars just defeated the New England Patriots on their home turf, mm-hmm. the team that booted them from the playoffs to yep. uh, keep them for bidding for the Super Bowl. In pretty convincing fashion, too. Yeah, they did. They played extremely lights out all the way around. Jalen Ramsey went on record saying, right now we are playing as hot as we can. No one can beat us. They have fallen hard onto earth, my friend. Uh, they lost to Dallas uh-huh. in very in, in as equally convincing ways. They beat the Patriots, <laughs> have, if not more. If, I would say more. I, I would agree with you. <laughs> They came down to earth. What is bothering me, and I think it's bothering you if if I have a hunch because I feel like we have a pretty similar mindset. After the game, reporters were talking to to Ramsey, asking pretty standard questions, asking, is this still the best defense in the league? What was happening? Your coach is saying this was more um, just miscommunication versus fundamentals. Yeah. His answers, he, uh, he honed a Mr. Marshawn Lynch and was saying things. <laughs> I don't know. No. Maybe. I just How do you feel about that? For a cornerback who's so outspoken when things are high to come down to such a level, how do you feel about that? You ever heard the term fair weather friend? Yeah. For, for those of you who don't know what a fair weather friend is, it's the friend that's just an amazing, good person to be around. They're so much fun, and they're, they're a great friend when things are going okay. But then when things aren't, they're the most toxic person to have in your life. And that's Jalen Ramsey. And I can't stand it. Because nobody here is asking Jalen Ramsey to shut up. As much as I don't want him to be saying all the stuff that he is sometimes. Because it's a little out of hand. It's just, we're asking you to be consistent human being. Because you run your mouth all the time when things are great. And then all of a sudden when things aren't good, you don't have anything to say. That, I can't even begin to describe how angry that makes me. If you're going to be that person, be that person when it's bad too. But don't – it's just – it's disrespectful. It's immature and childish. It really it really is. I don't have uh, uh, any other words other than it's just so immature. Yeah. It, you, you, you walk around like you're – you know what doesn't stink all the time and you're the best and we're the best and nobody can beat us and – all these quarterbacks are trash, and Tom Brady's okay, I guess. Blah 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 blah. All this stuff, and then you get smacked in the mouth two weeks in a row, and you don't have anything to say other than okay or maybe. I mean, I'm not asking you to get all fiery, but maybe even say, you know what? Own maybe maybe you should own up to it, huh? I you're going to call all these quarterbacks bad. Maybe you should own up to the fact that you haven't been playing that well recently. Neither has your defense, and definitely your quarterback, who you said was Blake, was great. That was your quote. Even your quarterback, who you said that about, has been playing awful. Own up to it. I will say this. the and it, it, This isn't a great answer, I mean, but the, yeah. <laughs> the most informed answer that he gave was when he was asked, is yeah. this still the best defense in the NFL? He said, 
we're certainly not playing like it. And, and in a I way, like I that, like that. Though. I do like that. Why? Why? I, you're right. I like that. But why couldn't the rest of your interview be something like that? I'm not. We're not saying that you have to recite the Declaration of Independence or anything, but at least <laughs> give us an answer other than maybe I don't know, maybe. But you're right. That one answer, I did like that answer because yeah. he's right. We're not playing like it. Why can't that be the tone of your entire interview where it's like, you know what? I believe that we can still be the best, but we're not doing it right now. And we need to figure it out. Don't give us this garbage of you won't give the media answers. Yeah. I'm I'm extremely curious to see how much the lack of offense is bothering not just Jalen Ramsey, who is obviously very hot-headed yeah. and outspoken, but the defense as a whole, because it's a great unit. I'm willing and it to, has to be so hard. I'm willing to bet that internally there's a lot of combativeness between those units. So I'd be shocked if there wasn't because hard stuff. I mean, and in a way, it's similar to... I mean, it's not the same, obviously, but I think comparatively, it's a similar situation to the Bills. Maybe they don't have the pedigree in terms of names yeah. on defense, but their defense has been playing lights out, and the offense has been putrid, and right now that offense playing poorly is really affecting that defense in Jacksonville. It definitely is. It definitely is. So, I mean, I guess we're just asking for some consistency, Ramsey. Come on, get with it. <laughs> Thanks for listening, though. Yeah, so now that we've done that, he's going to break the record for most interceptions in yeah, a single game next week. That should be fun. Look forward to and, it. Uh, yeah, that will be. Uh, we'll talk about that game. And if I will say this, we'll, this game will come up again later in the yes, show in Palace picks, picks. But if there is any team offensively that they can make some plays against, it's this Houston Texans uh, offense. Going, so, into, going into last week, Houston Texans were ranked third overall offense in the NFL. I'm not worried about statistics. Okay. We'll uh, we'll talk about that when we okay. get to it. So. Okay. <laughs> All right. Uh, right now, I want to go back to, uh, we're going to kind of, I don't want to call it recycling, but we're visiting another subject yeah. that we, we talked about uh, earlier on a few weeks ago, and we're going to go back and talk about some Raiders here. Have a little spy back. So I remember way back when uh, I was talking to you about John Gruden and kind of Gruden's guys and the animosity yeah. that was going on internally yeah. in, in, in that organization. So they... We're the first team to travel to London this year yep. to uh, take on the Seattle Seahawks, uh-huh. and uh, they got smacked. Uh, people were like, "Seahawks are back," and yeah. in some ways, I think I mean, like, I I'm not gonna write off the Seahawks whatsoever. Yeah, I and I I say in luck we trust. I also in Wilson. Oh, we, I trust. without a doubt. Um, but a lot of people. The reason I wanted to talk about this today is we were talking, I was talking to our, our good friend, Charlie, mm-hmm. last night, and he said to me, John Gruden has destroyed the Oakland Raiders. And it got me thinking, I'm not so sure I truly believe in that. The one thing, I, and I will hold this against Gruden, I think it was a mistake, and mm-hmm. I think we've talked about it numerous, numerous times on yeah. the show, is the trading of Khalil Mack put back the organization from just having a great cornerstone yeah. thing to build around, a corner a piece to build around. Other than that, I'm not entirely convinced that what Gruden's been doing has been the downfall of this of this team. Yeah. The reason they went and got John Gruden last year was because the team performed poorly. I'm not positive what what do you remember what the Raiders Record was at the end of the year last year? I don't remember what the record was, but I don't think it was that bad. 
I mean, like, I, I don't think, was, I'm I want to sure. say it was like seven to nine or eight and eight, but I it remember, was right around there. I remember being surprised that Del Rio was fired, but then when I realized it was to make room for Gruden, then I was like, okay, that makes sense why you would do that because Del Rio is a good coach and he coached that team really well to successful seasons. But. So I think there's this big part around the Oakland Raiders right now because two years ago they were 12 and four. Yeah, people were talking about them being a Super Bowl pick. Then obviously the car injury occurred yeah. and everything fell apart. So I feel like everyone's like they were they were so good they that right year. There. Then they fell off, and now they're obviously doing very, very poorly. So, but let's let's talk about that twelve and four team. At, at that year, they their offensive line was in contention with the Dallas Cowboys for, as being one of the best. Yeah, they gave Derek Carr so much time to 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 work. The only sack that Donald Penn, their left tackle, gave up that year was the play that Carr yeah. got injured, which I remember at the time being like, "How hard must that be? Like you're one sack a year, and that's when you." lose your franchise quarterback that offensive line is playing and looking like nothing that they were two years ago there have been some changes there have been changes i mean they were an older offensive line two years ago let alone now everyone was talking about marshawn lynch coming and getting that running game going he's had flashes yeah um but there's just so much. And I mean, I guess you could point to coaching. I've been talking about this for a long time, so I want to get it over. I want to get the ball in your court to see what you're thinking. But Carr's not performing well. He is statistically one of the worst quarterbacks in the league in the fourth quarter. Yeah. And games are won and lost in the fourth quarter. Absolutely. Amari Cooper, who is their highly touted first round pick, he's been all over the map the last two years. I'm just saying, Gruden has gotten. A plethora of picks. He's got a lot of talent. I mean, Jordy Nelson has performed well at points in the year. We obviously know Martavis Bryant, whether or not he is a good person off the field. He has talent on the football field. You can't argue with that. So I don't know. Just let let talk to me about your thoughts because I'm I I believe that right now while they're struggling, this is kind of a Miami situation from last year where Gruden and and. We, we talked about Gruden's guys. He needs to get his idea of the team going on, and it's only going to happen with the way he's doing it right now. Yeah. Um, the The Raiders are... can't think of the right word for it, uh, but this is the reason why the NFL is so popular. Okay. The Raiders right now. Because you have two seasons ago a team that was touted to be in contention for many years to come, and they were a Super Bowl pick by many when the 12 and 4. Now, all of a sudden, they're 1 and 5, and they can't figure anything out, and they can't win a game. And this is one of the biggest reasons, if not the biggest reason, for the NFL's popularity is that you never know what's going to happen. Yeah. Not from game to game, but especially not from year to year. Things just change so quick. And. There are a lot of teams that are like this this year where you thought they would be one thing and they're totally the opposite for most people. And that's just that's why it's so exciting. That's why the NFL has so much popularity because nobody wants to see the Golden State Warriors win five years in a row. That's I mean, boring. Well, there are people who want to see that. But for, the, for your general fans, nobody wants to see a team win five years in a row and just dominate. And that's not fun for people. The conflict is fun. The... The, the close games and the battles and the upsets, that's so exciting. And 
the Raiders are proving right now that you can't predict it. And you can't, because you know what? I would look at the Raiders roster and there are holes, absolutely. But they have a lot of good players on that team. And they're not that far removed from that team that went 12-4. and four. Yeah. And you add a guy like John Gruden as your head coach, you would think that they would be right back there again. That being said, I do, I love the parallels that you pointed to with Adam Gase and the Dolphins from last year because I agree with you. I think that's where they are right now. They have a lot of pieces, but I think Gruden right now needs to figure out which one of these players, which group of these players is going to be with him for the long haul. Keep them because also there are a lot of people on the trading block. Amari Cooper is on the trading block right that's now. That's what they're, they're saying. Brandon Bean, get your phone right now. You want to give GM up, of the Buffalo Bills. Want to give up a first-round pick for Amari Cooper? No. Anyway, I regardless, this is the time that Gruden has to look at the team and be and, and figure out for himself who's going to be with me next year because next year, and I'm not saying give it up on this year, and he's not going to. That's not who John Gruden is. He's going to try to win every single game. Uh, and that, that's another thing that kind of bothers me about a lot of people. When they look at the NFL, they think, well, what's it taking you? They're just figuring it out for next year. Well, you're always trying to figure it out for the future. Yeah. You know, and that was the big thing that I loved when, you know, with the Bills, when Brandon Bean, who was the assistant GM with Carolina, and then Sean McDermott, who was the defensive coordinator there, when they came over, they talked about winning today and winning tomorrow. Okay. Is that you, you always want to do your best that you can win each and every week, but you always have to have the eye on the future because the NFL is always changing, and you have to be ready for when your picks come up next year and your free agency comes up next year. I mean, that's the reason why we're 90 million plus in cap and 10 picks next year. You know, you always have to be ready for the next thing. So John Gruden's not giving up on this year. The Raiders aren't giving up. They're going to continue to play and do their best to win. But John really has to have in his head now, I need to be ready for next season too when I have a full off season plus yeah. after this. And I get all, you know another full draft class in here, a free agency class, and I really have my guys and they've bought into me and my system. And that is also one of the most difficult things to come to terms with in the NFL is that players, coaches, front offices need time to figure things out. And we live in such an immediate world. We live in a world where everybody wants... Everybody wants things now. They well, everybody everybody now. wants the Sean McVay experience. Exactly, and it's not always like that, and very often it's not. Bill Belichick in his first couple seasons was not really that great. Yeah. And now all of a sudden he's the best to ever do it. So I think that people need to start giving people more time, the benefit of the doubt, because, con- and I've said this many times, continuity is so underrated in the NFL, and I don't get why it is because it's proven time and time again that if you have time to gel time to get your guys in there time to implement your system and get them more knowledgeable of what you're doing the results show yeah you're a better team so i think that they just need time but regardless i don't know what the actual issue is with this team but i do believe in john gruden in that office to get it together eventually just probably not this year i will say and obviously around this time of the year we always talk like hot seats are starting to right. be talked about right. and whatnot. I don't think there is a coach that could be ever in a situation of one in five that has as much job security as John Gruden. <laughs> I agree. I think he has at least four years to be like, hey, like I need like next year. He obviously has like the two 
he has two first round picks for yeah. the next two years, so yeah. he needs time to like develop those guys, right. show like what he wanted to do with, with wow, those building pieces. Two first round picks in the next two years? Well, yeah, because you, you have Oakland and Chicago's this year, and they had to get, they traded, Chicago gave two first rounds, so they're going to have each of wow. those. Yeah, so they have those situations. So Gruden's going to have those years to be like, hey, let me show you what I can do with That's these pieces. Crazy. Do you know with two two first round picks in two years? They're gonna win the Super Bowl in what's four going, years. What's <laughs> going? What's gonna be real interesting? And I, I'm not saying this because I think we both really appreciate him. It's gonna be real interesting to see what happens with Derek Carr. Yeah, well, they've talked that he might be on the trading block too. Oh wow! That I I've seen people say that they would field calls. I don't even know who would trade for him. That could be a conversation for maybe next Jacksonville. week. Ooh, wow. Okay. <laughs> Regardless, I mean, with with that plethora of picks that Gruden's yeah. gonna have. To kind of look for his quarterback, yeah, it's gonna be real interesting. So, there we go. There's interesting. I feel like that <laughs> might be one of the first times I've said it tonight. Second time. Second time. Are you really keeping track? I hate you. <laughs> oh, good God! All right. Well, with that, we are gonna we're gonna get our first guest on the show tonight. Yeah, right? I'm excited that we finally got to do this, and we hope to have more to come each yeah. and every week. Uh, it's nice to get a fresh take on the NFL and teams and stuff, but we tried to get him in last week, and this week we're going to have our friend Mike Mikas. Mike, how are you doing today? I'm doing pretty great. How are we doing, guys? Doing well. Thanks for asking. Yeah, yeah. We're we're excited. We're, we're rolling here on episode seven, but, uh, football. you know, we were a little upset last week when we couldn't get you, get you on before the Jags game, but I'm kind of excited now yeah. that we got you after the Jags game, so give us your reaction, man, just initial thoughts on that game. Well, I honestly can't say that I'm truly surprised because I do think of the Cowboys coaching staff as the coaching staff that's perfect for getting you to 500. So because we lost the previous week, I totally expected us to beat the Jaguars week. I did not expect it to be a blowout. How I thought it was going to be more like a 28-17 type of game that would maybe away from the team. After I saw the way Bortles performed against the Chiefs, who have a fairly bad defense, uh, I thought the Cowboys defense was going to very effective. I just didn't expect it to go that well. Uh, I was thrilled, and I I watch it and I go, the Cowboys coaches, if they just watch film, they just have to go, okay, what we did this week, we just have to do every week. Right. It's not hard. The Jags, the, the Jags have a good defense, so we should be able to do that the lesser defense is moving forward. Absolutely. I think that's a great point, and I think a, a big thing that you know we've discussed briefly, but a lot of... Uh, you know, national media have talked about the coaching staff a lot in terms of Linehan and his his play calling and and just Jason Garrett's leadership. Just give us the a, a, a true Cowboys fans take on how you really feel about that that coaching staff. Yeah, I don't mind Garrett that much. I don't think he's a great coach, but I don't think he's terrible. Linehan, I have my issues with. Uh, I think Tony Romo covered up a lot of Linehan's warts uh, hmm. all through his career. And then uh, I think in 2016, Tony being in Dak's ear helped Dak cover up Linehan's warts. And I think last year really exposed Linehan as an inefficient play caller. And I, I think especially when we're looking at like McVay, Shanahan, uh, Payton, I think uh, Linehan kind of looks like a relic of what like, football used to be played. And I think he has not quite adjusted to having to play the ball the way it's going to be moving forward. I think if, if Rinehan allows Dak to run the ball you know, eight to ten times a week and, and utilize him the way Cam is utilized, Cam is not super accurate either. And, and Dak, I think, is more accurate than Cam. I think if they let Dak run and keep defenses honest, 
I think that's going to open up everything for Zeke. I think it's going to help the receiving core, which is obviously, as you guys talked about last week, a limited receiving core. Right. I think it'll help them get open more. And I think Cole Beasley is a good enough target as a receiver that, uh, you know, he put on he put on a show this week. Yeah, yeah, and nine he, catches, and, 101 yards, two touchdowns. Yeah. Linehan has to call the game how he did against the Jags, against one of the best defenses in the league every week. And I think we could see similar success. Maybe not 40 points every week, but I don't think 28 is insane. All right. Know. All right. All right, Mike, I have a question. So the Cowboys right now are 3-3, three and three, right in the thick of a really interesting division. But they're 3-0 and at home and seem like juggernauts. And then they go on the road and they're 0-3. And they played some tough games on the road. Like Texans game was obviously very close. They could have won that. But tell me your thoughts on why some weeks they seem like such a powerhouse and some weeks it's like, oh, what's going on with the Cowboys? You know, we just saw the stat from one of the Cowboys beat writers, and it was talking about the Cowboys uh, when they perform on the road and the Cowboys when they perform at home. You know, I was a Cowboys fan for my whole life. From 2014 to 2017, Dallas has been 23-9 and nine on the road, and they've been 15-17 and 17 at home. So wow. for the past three huh. seasons, uh, and no, four seasons, Dallas has had some deficiencies at home. They've, they've struggled, but they've kind of been gold beaters on the road. Uh, 2014, the year that I thought Tony Romo should have been the MVP, they were 8-0 and on the road. Uh, and it, whenever teams have been 8-0 and on the road, they've always been at the, the NFC Championship. Unfortunately, that year they did not. But uh, wow. um, we were the first ones. We were the... We I wonder, I wonder who knocks them out. Yeah. Unfortunately. Uh, <laughs> but um, uh, this year, 0-3 on the road, and I would say beyond the Texans game... Really hasn't been close. The Panthers, I thought, just obliterated us. And the Seahawks, I thought we had a chance maybe at the end to get something going, and we just kind of kept shooting ourselves in the foot. Yeah. I don't know what the difference is and why we have been so deficient uh, when we've been performing on the road. Because, I, I, you know, I don't think it's because I, I know we are a young team. You know, we have a lot of younger players. Uh, the DBs, uh, the receivers are pretty unproven, the tight ends. But... Zach, Zeke, I mean, Byron Jones has been performing for us. The D-line is all pretty seasoned, and, and it's just not not traveling well, and I don't really know what it is. Thankfully, this week we, I think, have a, a fairly good matchup. Uh, we're against the Redskins, and I'm sure the Dak Prescott and Zeke, the Zeke Elliott era, we have never lost to the Redskins. I think they've Ooh, back okay. to 2014. Dating back to 2014, excluding one game where Tony Romo has been hurt, uh, we have beat the Redskins every game, including once with, um, who was the backup? It was not Brandon Weeden. He got removed. It was Matt Castle. Matt Castle what? even gave that, that putrid wow. 4-12 and Cowboy team from 2015 a win over Washington. Yeah. Washington beat us once since 2014. So I just, I like our option, uh, I like our opportunity to go on the road this week and, uh, and win the game. Yeah. I think it's going to be a close one, but I, I, like I, that. I, I, I like our chances. So, so I got one more, one more question for you. Um, and then we're, and then we'll move on to to the end of this segment here. Um, but I got a stats here of of your week, and we talked about getting Zeke going. And I've been a big proponent of this for for most of our time. When we talk about the Cowboys, is that you know you're the the highest paid offensive line in the NFL, and to me the best, um, if not one of the best. And last week, Zeke Elliott, twenty four carries, hundred six yards, and a touchdown. Dak Prescott, 11 carries, 82 yards, and a touchdown. Uh, you even got Tavon Austin going with two carries, 14 yards. So my question is, can they sustain this type of running through the rest of the year? And if they do, is this the key to the Dallas Cowboys 
winning this division. Yeah, I mean, I absolutely think that he can. I think Zeke has proven since 2016. Uh, he has the most yards uh, from a running back in in uh, the games he's played, yeah. uh, which I think is he played 10 last year, uh, 16, the, you know, 15 years before they kept him out of the, the last game in 2016 yeah, and then all of the games this year. He leads the league in rushing. Um, I think if you had that run, he, he can give you a good 50 yards a game. I think that offensive run, yeah, I mean, that's where we put all our money into. Uh, right. So I don't really know why we wouldn't be running the ball. The fourth and one call against Houston was absolutely atrocious, but Garrett and Linehan did not repeat that. They had a couple different fourth and one. I think yeah. two different fourth and ones uh, against the Jags that they went for. And it was early in the early in the end of the second half. They had the opportunity to punt, but you know maybe the Jags go down the field scoring. It's now seven seventeen. And right. so they put the foot on the gas, and they and they kind of sucked all the life out of them. Made a twenty-four zero at the end of the half. Absolutely, we got to run the ball. It's our strength. We don't have, you know, you look at other teams. You look at the Falcons. You look at the Steelers. Mm-hmm. Even the Rams. We're not built like those teams. We don't have we right. don't have the receivers and the passing weapons to do that. So it's it's really Zeke Elliott is the integral piece to the team. He's really the MVP of the the whole thing. Well, but, um, it's it certainly sounds you know. like you guys could use a certain receiver, but I digress. Uh, <laughs> no, I, I, mean, I agree. I think, I think we should sign him. I really, I think there's really the only thing that's causing him to not be signed now is pride, and I think that's stupid because yeah. I think he would play for cheap. Uh, and I think we just we just signed Bryce Butler two weeks ago. He has like I think two snaps in two games, and we're giving him like three million something something that he probably shouldn't be getting. They need to sit on bench. Tavon, it looks like Tavon's going to be out for nine weeks, eight to nine. Uh, and Terrence Williams is on IR right now. Yeah. With Finn, and I like him. I mean, he had a he had an incredible catch. Uh, it wasn't a rule to catch, but incredible play. Um, last week, Cole does a nice job, and I, I think you know keep putting Rico Gathers, Jeff Swain out there. They're they're good options, but mm-hmm. uh, we have to run the ball. And it, the offense gets weak in the passing game and in the running game. He's got to be utilized just like Todd Gurley, just like Green Hunt. And I think if that's the case. You know, I thought we would hear 10 and 6 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 and that they do so. Um, definitely it's up open. for grabs. Uh, sure. So we're gonna we're gonna wrap this up here. But uh, for the for those listening, uh, Mike is our first guest on our show. Yeah, congratulations uh, in, in, to that, in, Mike. in podcast form. Uh, glad to have you on here. But we decided that what we're gonna do for all of our guests is we're gonna make them pick their not only their team's game but our team's games. Um, so we got three games on the slate here. You kind of talked a little bit about. Uh, Cowboys Redskins and said you you thought that they'd win so we don't really have to delve that much into that one uh, but we also have Lions Dolphins and Bills and Colts so what are your thoughts? Uh, let's start with the Lions Dolphins first the Dolphins they really they've been maybe the most surprising team this year in the league maybe uh, I I didn't pick them to really do anything at all and they've been solid uh They've been close games. They the one that they uh, they blew one to the Bengals, which was was disgusting. It was if I was a Dolphins fan, I would have been just 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 disgusted with that that uh, fourth quarter performance. But yeah. I think in the role, Dolphins were winning twenty eight twenty four. I'm not sure if Tannehill is going to be playing, and I don't know if Rock Osweiler, if he is playing, can recreate what he did last week. Rock and roll. The Dolphins. 
the uh, the Lions defense isn't anything to run home about, in my opinion. Uh, the defense is, is pretty potent, but I just think the Dolphins find a way to to, to win this one. Okay, uh, I like that. And I think I think they, I, I think Dolphins. I didn't think it before, but I think Dolphins are going to be contending for a wild card spot in the uh, AFC. So. It's possible. The, the spots are there to be had, and Adam Gase is a hell of a coach. Yeah, absolutely. All right, so we got that uh, one out of the way. How about Bill's Colts gulp? After Bill's Colts, I was reading earlier in today that they think that Josh might be having a, a surgery similar to one that uh, you know baseball players, you know, Tommy John. Tommy John. Uh, I've, I've, I've heard Tom that earlier has, thinking he doesn't need it. There they, are a lot of reports um, obviously, I've been following this closely as the Bills fan that I am. There are reports out there that it's possible if he has to have Tommy's John surgery, he could be out for a year and a half. But it's also possible that it's just a strain and he could be out at the very least one or two weeks. The last I but heard is they're thinking he does not need to have right, surgery. Which would mean he would at least be out this week, maybe the following Monday Regardless night game. Which he would be is out Regardless, he is out Colts. against the Colts, yes. Right. I gotta say, if he's out for a year and a half, I don't think the Bills will win one game. <laughs> I, and, I, and, I, and it makes me sad because I, I, I would have, if, if Josh Allen was healthy, I would have picked them to beat the Colts. Okay. I just, I've watched Nathan Peterman now on enough occasions that if Nathan Peterman is playing, they will lose. <laughs> they, and I don't even think the Colts are that good. In fact, I would argue that they're bad. Uh, but I just, Nathan Peterman, I don't even know if it's that he's not talented. Uh, I, I really had no familiarity with Peterman before he was uh, in the Chargers game last year. Um, I, I, you know, I don't know, but I think at this point it's a mental block. I think he, he just does not have the mental ability to overcome all of the mistakes he's made up to this point in his career. I just think the Colts probably yes. win. Like uh, the defense, the Bills defense has been great ever since yes. uh, Vontae uh, Davis retired. The Bills defense has been for real, absolutely. Um, but uh, Andrew Luck's no problem. And I, I think he's gonna have maybe like a thirty-five, seventeen type of win in Indianapolis on Sunday. Unfortunately, I'm sorry. Hey, uh, hey, you gave us se- you gave us seventeen points. I think that's more than we will score. <laughs> I think I think what's gonna have to happen is that you guys are gonna be throwing the ball all day, or or maybe. Uh, Maybe LaShawn will break off in a long run, maybe like a 65 year run, something like that. Uh, and you guys will lock your way into 17 points. Right. But I, I, I just can't pick the Bills in good conscience. But I would have if Josh had been healthy. Because as much as I uh, didn't love him coming out of the draft, he has, he has shown flashes of ability that I think with some pieces around him could help him. And if he is off to the edge, you guys get the top five pick. Right. You'll, well. you'll be able to, you know, definitely bolster that team and get it better. And, you know, Josh won't have a, and won't be running for his life as much. Appreciate Next that. Year, Appreciate that. Uh, well, thanks, Mike, for having you on. Real quick before we get you going, I know you said you were you thought the Cowboys would win. Just give us a real quick score about that. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I think the Cowboys are going to beat the Redskins 24 to. One feet. I think the Redskins are going to have an extra point there. Fun and game. I think, it's a uh, super exciting game. And I, and I, I think Brett Mayer is going to have like a maybe a, a walk-off field goal at the end of the half. I think the Cowboys are going to get the ball to start the second half. I think they're going to really put the, uh, put the foot on the gas and, uh, and finish it out probably some of the half to the fourth quarter. Absolutely. Well, Mike, thanks so much for 
for being on. You've been a really great guest. Yeah, Mike, thank you very much. Yeah. It's been great. Uh, it's thank nice. you so much. I, I appreciate that while you are you said you're a Cowboys fan your entire life, but you think things through very, very intelligently. It's not Homer-based, and I think that's great. Yeah, so uh, maybe, we'll have you, maybe we'll have you on again sometime later in the season, yeah, but until then, go Cowboys. And I'm, uh, and I'm free, you let me know, but I uh, hope you guys have a good rest of the show, and best of luck to both your teams this week. Let's all get tonight. All right, thanks, hey, we buddy. Appreciate that, Take buddy. care. Talk to you soon. All right, so that was pretty good. A pretty good interview. That's yeah, cool. I, I appreciated that. Yeah, I, 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 I'm going to sit at the same time. Um, We've done that a few times. I was going to say, show. that's not the first time that's happened, and that's awesome. <laughs> I love it. Uh, but regardless, I, I really appreciate you said this, his intelligence, not oh. only not only with his team, but with just how the league is. Yeah. Uh, and if you follow Mike Mikas on Twitter, uh, he can get going sometimes on a lot of things, but he's always very intelligent with his points, and I appreciate that. Especially when you're talking about your team, you know. For sure. But but thanks for being on, Mike. And if you ever want to be on the show, let us know. And we'd love to have we'd love to have fresh views and takes on our show. So just give us a shoot us a message somewhere with a text, Facebook, Instagram, Snapchat. I don't care. Twitter, Snapchat. Tweet us. I don't mind. But regardless, uh, thanks thanks for coming on, Mike. And we wish the Cowboys best of luck. Here we go. So, uh, talking, uh, here's my transition. He, Mike brought up uh, the Dallas Cowboys receiving core yeah. and how it's kind of not the best, but performing. Yeah, they got some pieces, and cool. he brought up a certain wide receiver who is still uh, a free agent. So we are now going to uh, talk about, list our own top ten wide receivers. Yeah, I mean, we had a lot of fun with, I had a lot of fun with our corner list last week, and We've gotten some reaction on it, actually. Have we? Oh, I don't. I never said this to you. Yeah, Mike came out on Twitter and said that it was blasphemous that we didn't have Denzel Ward on the list. Ooh, and, uh, no. And but my I reply, well, well, I mean, I we talked about it a little bit, but I said, you know, rookie, he's only played five or six games. I find it hard to put uh, anybody who's only played five or six games in the NFL on a top ten list. That being said, he's certainly trending upward. I mean, he has. Potential, absolutely. <laughs> but that be, that if being his said, career continues to go the way it has, yeah. Hall of Famer. But I but, appreciate it. It's a lot of fun. Uh, I hope I hope you guys like these. But uh, we, we thought it was so much fun. We thought let's do receivers. Here we go. So I, you went first for corners. I did. Do you want me to go first for wide receivers? That'd now be great. I, I feel like we're doing one to ten. Right, we're doing one to ten. I wrote out my fifteen okay. because. The thing is, I, I'm excited to see what you think because I my top 10 list yeah. obviously has some really big names, but yeah. I think the order is going to be weird, and I, I have some pretty big players that aren't on the list at all. I'm, I'm excited about it because mine's kind of that way too. So and, and when I'm making this, again, I'm approaching it from the way I would... Don't be looking at my list before I say sorry, it. Sorry, sorry. <laughs> I would, I'm approaching this list the way that yeah. I would if I was putting together a team. Right, and I I like that. That's that's fun. I haven't really looked at it that way, but I feel like maybe I should have started looking at it that way because I do it differently. That's but. okay, and that and that's fine. So yeah. when I and I'll, I'll I'll explain this after after I'm done. So we're going from ten to one. That's how we do yeah, it. Yeah, you go from ten to one. All right. So number ten, I'm going Mr. Odell Beckham Jr. Okay, uh, the New York Giants. Uh, I think obviously he's extremely talented. Okay, uh, he has a great set of hands. Uh. I don't love his attitude, and that's why he's, yeah. he's lower on the list for me. Number nine, I have Stefan Diggs, I think is an amazing pair of hands as well. Okay. Route running is extremely good, and he's just a big 
time playmaker. When they need him, they'll go to him, and a lot of times he delivers, and I think that's really exciting, unless you're a Saints fan. I love that we're only on eight, and we're already so off from each other's list. All right. This is fun. (laughs) Number eight, I have A.J. Green. Uh, Okay. One of the most consistent wide receivers that we've seen over the last, since he's been drafted. Love me some A.J. Green. Number seven, I have Keenan Allen. Okay. Los Angeles Chargers. Phillip Rivers' go-to guy uh, has dealt with injuries his primarily most of his career yeah. and it's really hampered a lot of things but he catches a ton of passes has the hands to do it love it number six i have Devonte adams okay uh, a player that has really kind of turned his career around had a promising rookie season mm-hmm. talked about uh during his sophomore turned year you around on him yeah sophomore year stunk it up yeah. Has been extremely consistent and A-Rod's go-to guy the last handful of years. Yeah. We saw it on display last night when they need a play, they go to him, and more often than not, he really delivers. Number five, DeAndre Hopkins. What can you say about Nuke? Amazing player, has great hands. Uh-huh. Can Obviously, we talked about it last, uh, last week. He was the reason why punting... How, 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 how do I say this? He was the reason why they won that game and why... Before he made that amazing play where he made every single cowboy miss, punting wasn't extremely ridiculous. Yeah. Number four, here we go. I don't know. I don't. I don't. I'm curious to see if he's on your list. Adam Thielen. Okay. Love it. Love this guy. And this was a player that I Huge liked. Adam Thielen, I man. liked last year. I wasn't. I wouldn't have had him where he is right now. Yeah. One of the most consistent route runners in the NFL. Yeah, without a doubt. Great hands. We'll just catch it. And you'll hear that pretty much for the rest of my list. Yeah. Just an amazing story. Just he he's an undrafted wide receiver. He was on the practice yeah. squad, worked his way up, and has worked his way up to being mm-hmm. arguably their number one. Yeah. So just has humble beginnings. I feel like NFL fans can I identify with him and be like, you know what? You work for it, you can get it. Yep. Love it. Number three, Michael Thomas. Again, consistent route runner, great hands. Okay. Love it. You can put it where he can get it and in in ways where he should be able to get it and he he gets it. Okay. Number two, Julio Jones. Okay. Uh, What can you say? He's a freak. He uh, has still had his end zone drought, but I don't even mind that necessarily because I don't think that He's also is by far leading the league in receiving yards. But Very true. And I, and I don't take it as uh, he is a hindrance because he's not scoring touchdowns. His team is still scoring touchdowns. Yeah. He gets them there, right. and then somebody else does the rest of the There's work. There's so many other weapons, too. Yeah, absolutely. And number one, I have uh, Antonio Brown. I don't okay. know how you... I mean, you could argue it, but uh, I think more often than not, you'll probably lose if you say he's not your number one. Uh, again, just an amazing story. Taken fifth round, worked his way up. Uh-huh. He played with those players. He played with the Emmanuel Sanders and the the Heinz Ward at the very tail end of his career. So he had to like work his way up yeah. into being that. And when his team needs a play, he makes it. And that's that's what I think those wide receivers are about. So there's a lot of names that I really enjoy yeah. that I didn't put on the list. So I don't I don't know, and I said it primarily the the top five especially. What is matters to me in football isn't isn't the speed, it yeah. isn't the size, it's consistent route running. So yeah. your quarterback knows exactly where you'll be Absolutely. and the hands to get it. 
I don't care in a wide receiver if you're picking up 10, 12 yards a catch, even yeah. seven or eight, because you're moving. You'll be able to just move down the field oh, so, so well Without with that. Without a doubt. So, I mean, if, and I'll, I won't explain it, but if I just went, I'll say my 15, even though we're just doing 10. I was going to say, it might be fun. 11, I have Mike Evans. Yeah. 12, I have Tyreek Hill. Okay. 13, and this might be high, but I'm all about it, and I love it. Emmanuel Sanders. Okay. 14, T.Y. Hilton. 15, uh, I'm going Mr. Josh Gordon. And I will put the That's potential incredible. there That's incredible. to be up there because in even such yeah. a small sample size with yeah. the Pats, we've seen it. Absolutely. So I don't want right. to go into those. I love uh, that. But that's, those are the things that are important to me in a wide receiver. So okay. now I'm ready to uh, hear yours and then we'll, we'll was, get into some discussion, uh, maybe a little debate about it. Yeah, we're going to debate because mine's a lot different. Here we go. At 10, I have Mike Evans. Okay. So similar, similar to you. M- Mike Evans is just... At times he's just a freak, six foot five. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And I think people a lot of forget he's a big reason why Johnny Manziel was wildly incredible in college at Texas A and M. Yeah, he was right there with him. He was his go to guy. Absolutely. He just he goes up and he gets it. So Mike Evans at number nine, I have OBJ. I will say and and just all okay, that, yeah, yeah, go ahead. So far we're pretty close. Okay. I did have Mike Evans as my 10. You can see it. Oh, crossed, crossed out to in. go OBJ. Because okay. I had OBJ 11. I was like, no, I want these things. So. I have a lot of most of the same guys in my top 10. It's just the order is a little sure. bit different. But, so OBJ at 9. I just, when I initially made the list, I had him at 5. and Because I think his talent is still there. And I think he still has the potential to be that top 5 receiver. It's just that. He can be really inconsistent. And there are a lot of players who just transcend quarterback play. And I think that OBJ is that type of player, but he hasn't really been as of late in his career. Sure. So that's why he's a little bit lower. At 8, I have Devontae Adams. And I love Devontae Adams. Because here's the thing. There's been a revolving door of receivers for Green Bay and Aaron Rodgers since you know Donald Driver and Greg Jennings left. Greg Jennings. <laughs> Put the <laughs> team you. on his back. I appreciate you uh-huh. throwing out that reference. But that being said, Devontae Adams is proven. Aaron can throw a back shoulder fade better than anybody who's ever picked up a football. But you have to have a guy on the other end who's going to be able to time it perfectly. And Devontae Adams has figured it out. And he's just he's an unbelievable route runner. And not only that, what I love about Devontae Adams is how smoothly he catches the football. Watch Devontae catch some of those back shoulder fades and just watch how smooth the transition goes from to his hands, to his chest or the side of his body, to a completion. It's just so smooth. Sure. Uh, at seven, I have Keenan Allen. Okay. This is the only number that we match on. Okay. Just want to let you know that, that we match exactly. But so on. far, we're pretty darn close. But I have Keenan Allen. He's just an incredible receiver. I'm so happy that he's having a healthy season after he's battled injuries the last few years. I mean, he was healthy last year, but yeah. before that, yep. Six, Adam Thielen. Love me some Adam Thielen. What a great name. Okay. Adam. Yep. <laughs> I'm, I'm hooked on the Thielen. He's just, he's in, that's my fantasy football team name for one of my leagues, my cousins. Love it. But he's just. Unbelievable route runner. It's great underrated catching ability. He's just he's the in my opinion by I don't want to say by far, but he is very comfortably better than Stefan Diggs in my opinion. Okay, in my opinion, sure. AJ Green's number five. Love me some Adriel Jeremiah Green. Okay, he's an unbelievable talent out of Georgia. And, you know, for a while, the Bengals, Cincinnati had the blueprint. They got their, their receiver and A.J. Green in the first round, and then they got their 
quarterback out of TCU and Andy Dalton in the very next round. And they've been rolling with that for the last eight to nine years now. Yep. So four, I have Julio. Ooh. Uh, four, four is Julio. Okay. He's unbelievable and he's great. I just, I, it's so hard to differentiate from, from five to one for me. I, mean, I have reasons for it, but it's just, while I still believe Julio is one of the best, it's just, I, I actually do look at him not getting it done in the red zone and close to the goal line as a, as a, I don't want to say deficiency, but it, I think that's a demerit to me. Okay. You haven't been able to to get it in the end zone, you Fair. know? So so that's why he's at four. Uh, three, I have Michael Thomas. Three, that's... Oh, so that is the other note we matched because I, I, I switched it recently. So we have Michael Thomas at three and Keenan Allen both at seven. Those are the numbers we match. Okay. But Michael Thomas is unreal. And I toyed with Michael Thomas at two on my list. Yeah. Because he's just been that good and he just catches everything. And, you know, maybe he's not getting... All, and he's making big plays too, but maybe he's not getting the huge take the top off things. But if you're a wide receiver, what's your number one job? To catch the football. And very rarely does he not catch the football. Sure. He's just, he's incredible. And here's, here we go. Two is Antonio Brown. Wow. I have Antonio Brown at number okay. two. Uh, and I love Antonio Brown. But Antonio Brown being at number two has far more to do with DeAndre Hopkins being number one for me okay. than it is Andrew Antonio Brown not being. You know what I mean? Okay. But so you said it. You said enough about Antonio Brown. I need to talk about DeAndre Hopkins here because he's only at five on your list, yeah. I believe. Yep. DeAndre Hopkins is the best receiver in the NFL. DeAndre Hopkins has been the only receiver, in my opinion, that consistently transcended his quarterback play. Because he's been a top five receiver through all the garbage years of quarterbacks they had in terms of stats and production. And then you add on, now you have a legitimate quarterback in Watson, and he's proven to be the one of the tops. And in my opinion, the best receiver. Nobody in the NFL high points of football better than DeAndre Hopkins. You throw that ball up, he's going to go get it. Point in case, he, he caught a touchdown pass against the Bills last week. And it was the first or second drive against Trey White. Trey White's hands on the ball. Trey White's hand is literally holding the ball, and DeAndre is falling backwards and just rips it out and catches it. It just nobody high points the ball better than DeAndre Hopkins. His route running is so underrated. People are just like, oh, he's a freak of nature. He goes up and he gets it. Uh, way underrated. His run after the catch, I'm willing to bet DeAndre Hopkins can be a top five running back in the NFL. You're looking at that <laughs> run that he had against Dallas, where he spun four or five times. And it, it, spamming his B button on his Xbox controller. It's unreal. And and he is and, and then you're on top of that, he's one of the fastest receivers in the NFL. It's just it, it's hard to diff, it is so needlepoint thin the difference for me between one two between the these two guys. Sure. But for me, if if you're giving me those two receivers to look at right now to start my team, I'm picking uh DeAndre Hopkins instead of Antonio Brown as much as I love Antonio Brown sure. and how incredible he is. It's t- I'm not taking anything away from him with this ranking. It's just putting that much more praise on DeAndre Hopkins. Okay. Love D-Hop. I, I agree. I mean, I think, he's, <laughs> I think he's extremely great. Now, I will say this, and I'll compare my, my five and my four. Yeah. Because you have you have Adam Thielen at six. So, obviously, I have your number one guy at five. Right. So, I have Adam Thielen ahead of him. And, and it's a much smaller body of work, I will yeah. say that. So, let's yeah. just look at, like, this season. Now, DeAndre Hopkins has been hot, yeah. obviously. But he has shown or there have been moments where teams can stop him yeah up to this point 
No one stopped Adam Thielen it's at true. all. That's actually I don't true. know if it's because people are like, who's this guy <laughs> right. still? For whatever reason, six straight games with 100 <sighs> yards. It's unreal. That's never been done by an undrafted free agent wide no. receiver. No. Wow. Only other time it's been done, Calvin Johnson has the record with eight. Really? I think Adam Thielen can get that and who, break who they, it. I don't know who they play this week. Uh, this week they... Who do they play? That's a great question. I should know that. Um, I'm not positive. It's okay. We'll pull it up here. Yeah, let's take a look who the Vikings are playing. They are at the New York Jets. Okay, so absolutely they can... Well, the, the Jets are out of a bunch of corners right now, so they can absolutely get 100 there. I, I'm just... I, I We won't right, go, we don't too have to go too far into, into that, it. But I, I think that is more than possible. I think that'll happen. Yeah. So... No one is stopping him, and I don't know why, yeah. but kudos to him for doing it. So, I mean, you're not – this is – I mean, we can't even debate it because – It's hard to debate. You're right. I mean, DeAndre Hopkins is one of the best. Yeah. But if I was if I was drafting my team – actually, I – if I was putting together a team, I actually probably would not take Julio as my second wide receiver. Yeah. So – but I still feel like – there are there are things in my mind as to why I wouldn't do that, but okay. if you're saying I still think Julio's the second best yeah. right now, um, so yeah, I mean like I don't think we can't debate this because it's it's hard to do so. I mean like you could maybe say like I shouldn't have Stefan Diggs in the top ten. Well, I was just that was gonna lead me into giving you my next ones that are at the end. Oh, of my okay, list, just yeah. real quick. Yeah, is Diggs is at eleven for me? Okay, well that makes me feel not. And then I have T. Y. Hilton at twelve. I'm I have, glad that he's in your fifteen. I have Demarius Thomas at thirteen. Ooh, that, that's what I think. That's a differentiating our, our, for us. We both have a Denver. Wide we have the Denver, uh, and then and then. But I think another, you're. I think you're completely wrong. Here's another one. I have Julian Edelman at fourteen. Ooh, yeah, that's a great pick. And then I have Tyreek Hill at 15. But because... And I toured with having Edelman higher. Because I love Julian Edelman. I think we talked about it last week or the week before. We did, when he was coming back. I love Julian Edelman. Yeah. And you want to talk about a guy with consistent production who not only does so many things in terms of just like catch after catch after catch and amazing route running and run after the catch. Dude throws the ball. Dude runs the ball. And... Dude makes plays when he needs to make plays. To look no further than the Super Bowl victory where he made the unreal catch where he tipped it back to him literally centimeters off the ground yeah. for a big first down. Yeah. But uh, I think it's fun that you have Emmanuel and I have yeah, okay, so let's, let's At make, the same number, too. I think both 13. It's both 13. Both 13. <laughs> so that is going to be our debate. Right? Let's get into that. So I think you're completely wrong. Okay. I think well, it's your route running argument. But I he's a better route runner. He's a completely better yeah. route runner. He's a better catcher of the football. Yeah. DT, whoa, whoa, whoa. We're not talking about DT of five years ago. We're talking okay. about right now. He has had a case of drops. Okay. He's not consistent. Okay. They're talking about getting rid of him. They drafted his replacement. Cortland Sutton is a DT clone. So why he's similar? Why it? Why do you feel like he's the better wide receiver? I it's just hard because obviously he's had some issues recently. But at the same time, I just I think that he's flat out the more talented receiver. And while there's been consistently issues, I think the reason Emmanuel is playing better right now is just because it, it's that it's the Adam Thielen to Stefan Diggs argument for me, where Case Keenum loved Alan the Adam Thielen more than Stefan Diggs because, and I think that. Sanders and Thielen are similar in the I way agree. that in the way that Demarius Thomas and Diggs are, um, and while obviously well, I think Diggs is much better than Thomas, and obviously the the argument is 
Uh, well, I mean, I have Diggs higher than Thomas, but I'm saying that in terms of the differentiation, because the quarterback is was the same in the last two years, is that I just think that Case Keenum likes to throw the ball more to Sanders, and I think that's why he's looked better this year. I, I don't really think that it's just that Emmanuel's better. I Demaris Thomas is faster. I think he has better hands. I really do. I'm not, I know that. No. Right, but just, okay, so you have a couple bad games. It just doesn't mean that you're a, a bad, bad receiver. Games. This, is not, this has not been this year. <laughs> they were talking about getting rid of Demaris Thomas the last handful of years. He's been battling injuries. He yeah, has, it's he, true. They've talked, and I don't, I don't know how much of this is true. They've talked about his loss of passion for the sport. Oh, really? Well, I haven't even heard anything about that. I mean, that was, I mean, that's like, that's, that's not new... That's not like happening right now, but right. this has been like a hand like when he was going through his injuries. He's yeah. like, I don't know if I want to come back. They're like, Well, do you care about the sport? No, I like, no, I didn't think about that. Yeah, so like uh, when he came out like a rookie year, and we obviously had like the Tebow magic and all yeah. that jazz. The first handful of years, I loved. Demarius oh, he was Thomas. unreal. Awesome Especially, receiver. I mean, he, he's beat Pittsburgh. Well, that's my other thing is that he was great with Tebow. And with Peyton Manning. He was great with two well, totally... Who wasn't great di- with Peyton Manning? But, 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 no, no, no. <laughs> and I know, that because well, I was going to say Peyton Manning, then it was going to be like, oh, well, it's Peyton Manning. But what I'm saying is that he was great with two totally different quarterbacks. Yes. You know what I mean? And that's a big deal for me to have a quarterback like like Tim Tebow, who I love and was a huge fan of, especially the style of play. But his style of play is he's not throwing the ball a lot, so you have to fight really hard to be good in an offense where your starting quarterback is Tim Tebow. Emmanuel Sanders went from Big Ben... Peyton Manning, and now he's got, you know, now obviously in the last couple of years it's been anybody great, but obviously neither of them have had great numbers in the last couple of years until this year where Emmanuel's been a lot better. But yep. I just... Sanders was better last year too. But 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 regardless, I think that that really goes to the, the line between the, our two philosophies is you, you pick the smaller guy who's a, the better route runner and in your opinion the better catcher of the football. But... And to me, I'm going with the guy who's bigger, who's going to come up with the bigger plays, and who's going to go up and high point the ball, and also a lot faster. And I like that ability in a receiver. I'll say that if we're looking at this year's body of work, Sanders has been high pointing the ball better than Thomas, too. Okay. You can see the play just last week against the Rams where he thought it was in for a touchdown. I want to one. make a bet right now. But I don't know how close the numbers are right now. Can we get Stat Guy to look at this Let's real quick? Let's get Stat Guy going. I would love to Stat Guy. All right, Stat Guy. Okay. All right, thank you, Stat Guy. So we got Stat Guy in. Hit us with uh, Sanders' stats right Sanders now. Sanders has 40 receptions on the year, 501 yards, 12.5 yards per catch, two touchdowns. Okay, so Demarius Thomas has 28 catches, 330 yards, and three touchdowns. My bet is that Demarius Thomas ends the season with more yardage and more touchdowns than Emmanuel Sanders. Does it have to be both of those things? What do you think? Well, I mean, like, right now, like, my guy has more yards and your guy's your guy has one more touchdown. It has to be both of those things. So, like, if... So, I, so if... Oh, that's true. How would one of us win the bet? Right. Because it has to be both of them. Okay. That's tough. Okay. Demarius Thomas will end the season with more receiving yards than Emmanuel Sanders. That's the bet. Where are we betting right now? Oh, it's a case of something, right? Did we say we were going to yeah, do that last case time? Case of soda. I case want a of case. I want a case of cherry Pepsi. And I want vanilla Coke if you can find it. But yes. not Dr. Pepper. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Love right. it. Love it. All right. You're going to lose. Great. Probably. Regardless. But who cares? 
All right. Well, I already have the advantage because, like you said, you do have the advantage. The quarterback loves my guy. He does. But regardless, I wasn't going to say catches because I'm not an idiot. The football. But <laughs> uh, regardless, that's a lot of fun. Maybe we'll pick another another group to do next week. I don't know. I really, I really want to do punters, man. Oh God. Cody Bjork, Cody Bjorkes of the Buffalo Bills is great. <laughs> Your favorite punter for the last couple of years isn't even punting right now. I know. Marquette King. Rest in peace, buddy. <laughs> he's not dead. He's just not in the league. Anyway, let's move on to Cold Reads. We kind of just came that up with that one on the spot. a little weird. <laughs> All right. So uh, I have two questions for you. Do you have two questions for me? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. I'm just laughing because in our production meeting you said you only had one. But then I told you during Stack Guy that I had two. Oh, Were it's you true. not listening? To me? I wasn't listening or to you. I was Thanks. thinking about how great the Thomas Thomas is. Yeah, at five no. years ago. Whatever. <laughs> All right. So my first question to you: You gave me two Giants questions last I year. I did. I'm going to give you a Giants question now. Fun. I like so, it. So uh, you predicted last week that the New York Giants, the New York Football Giants, yeah. would win against the Philadelphia Eagles. I do have sure to say did. this: We have to retract a comment or a statement. We said that that game was in Philadelphia last it week. We were incorrect. We were incorrect. It was in New York, so we apologize about that. So even more fuel to the fire for New York winning. Going to talk about uh, the quarter or the uh, wide receiver that we both had at uh, ten and eleven, respectively. Yeah. Right. That's yes. how it was at Mr. Odell Beckham Jr. Signed. He's at, yeah, nine. You had him at ten. Oh yeah. Okay. Sorry. Uh, signed the gigantic contract yeah. uh, this off season to become yeah. the he's the highest paid wide receiver in the league, right? In NFL history. NFL history. Yep. So. I know you didn't get to watch too much of the game, but before yeah. halftime, he wasn't even on the field to end the half. He ran off into the locker room. Obviously, he's been very vocal. He exploded again on the sidelines. What What are your thoughts on that, my friend? Here's my thing about OBJ. I don't always love his antics, but this is the Jalen Ramsey sort of juxtaposition, is that OBJ is always OBJ, though. He's OBJ okay. when it's good, and he's OBJ when it's bad. He will always tell you what he's thinking, which can be good and which can be bad, but he's always that. He's not Jalen running his mouth when he's when it's good and then not saying anything when it's bad. He's always OBJ, and I, lo- I appreciate that about him. And he has done a lot of maturing since his rookie year. Sure. I think we can both agree on that. Yeah. That being said, I do think he needs to be reeled in a little bit because I think that we talked about it last week. Are you going to be the Energizer Bunny or the Energizer Vampire? Are you going to give them energy or suck it from them? And last week, I think he sucked some energy from that team. And it's hard for me because he's so talented. And I think talent always wins out in the end. No, I don't know about all. Sorry, I don't want to say always wins out in the end. I think talent always will will get you the benefit of the doubt for the most, most of the time. Okay. That being said, it's not OBJ's fault. We talked about it last week. Mm-hmm. It's an offensive line. But I think it's time for Eli Manning to be done. Oh, I yeah. And I think it's really unfortunate that the last memory uh, most Giants fans will have about Eli is this season. Sure. Because he's just had such an incredible career. And it's been very up and down. But you can't deny Super Bowl, Super Bowl MVP twice against the Pats, who were heavily favored in both games. You can't yeah. deny that. Yep. That being said, I think it's time the Giants need to trade for somebody. They need to Derek Carr. Maybe Derek Carr. You never know. And I we talked about it last week. Colin Kaepernick. You know there are guys out there that they, they could come in and I feel play better than Eli Manning is playing right now. And so you know I'm 
I feel that in terms of his antics and his me- excuse me media presence, OBJ needs to figure things out and get a little bit better with that and, and more professional in a way, more mature. But I'm not really as worried about OBJ as I am about who's going to be playing quarterback for this team because it shouldn't be Eli Manning much longer. All right. Well, I will say this. Uh, this is my question to you, but I was infuriated yeah. to see him running off before the half. And did you did you mention that in the question? Because I don't... I did. Okay. I, I told you that it happened. Yeah, because I don't remember even... But regardless, yeah. So I, I can't stand that you, a week ago, yeah. you went up and you're like, I'm going to be a leader of the team, and yeah. if I need to say these things, and I'll say it one way or another, and I'm going to own it. You cannot be a leader off. of your team and then leave your team before the game the half yeah. is over. Your team's still out there trying to do something. And I'll say this, and, and, and it's not a, a slight on OBJ or anything. Yeah. They moved that, the Giants moved the ball more. They really did. In that like 30 <laughs> seconds, they hit Sterling Shepard for a couple of quick passes that picked up like 20 yards. And that's yeah. not a lot, Yeah, but they did something. And I'm not saying it's because OBJ wasn't on the field and they're yeah. trying to feed the ball to him or anything like that. Right. And most likely they weren't going to do anything with that time. So, but you cannot pretend or say you're going to be a leader and then not be out there on the field with your team. I hated that. I can't. Hated it. Not going to argue with that one. I'm with you a thousand percent. You, you can't. And and that's not to say like you know people make mistakes. Obviously, he can come back from that. Sure. But that's that. It's not acceptable or condonable. You 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 can't do that. You're right. You can't. You're the leader of your team. You can't walk out like that. Didn't. Couldn't stand it. Do I ask you, have, have we been doing this for seven weeks and I still don't know how this segment works? We have, we've always done two. two. We've done both? Yeah, okay, so gone. my other question is, through six weeks of the NFL, my friend, we have had six, all six weeks have had overtime games. Really? All six weeks have had overtime games. That's the first time in NFL history that that's happened. Wow. So obviously they're not, we haven't had the tie since week two. Right. Um. So, but even, so we, we've had... So many close games yeah. where it's going into overtime. We're seeing a lot of extra football. And more often than not, it's coming down to the final seconds. Yeah. Also, I'm going to pack into this, what we said earlier on in the show. So many divisions are so close right now. Yeah. And I'm asking you, why are we seeing so many close games and where people aren't breaking apart? We're not seeing too many games where they're just teams are putting their foot on the gas, right. kind of knocking out somebody's teeth really early on. What what's the cause for that? Well, and even what's interesting is even the games that start off as blowouts or become blowouts are close at some point. And I know that sounds that sounds like a juvenile take, but I I mean it very seriously. No, can I where, just interject for yeah. a quick second? I think a great example of that that justifies what you're saying is the Indianapolis Colts. The last two weeks, they've yes. been down so much, and then Andrew Luck gets hot, gets yeah. him right back in the game, and then you're like, if you just saw the final game, you'd be like, oh, that was pretty close, yeah. and then it really hasn't been. So you're right. That's just a prime example. It's just I don't know if I know exactly why. But I'm sure as hell thankful for it. <laughs> it's great as an NFL fan to be watching all these really close games. You know, when you tune into NFL Red Zone at the end of the early games the last couple of weeks, it's been like quad box all day. <laughs> They're looking at four different games that are coming out on the wire. It's so much fun. I think, though, if I had to put my pin on a reason or two that are the biggest reasons, I really think that just NFL coaches are getting so much smarter. Okay. I You know, you look at guys like McVay and... And, uh, you know, Shanahan pushing 
Green Bay to the very last second yeah. last night. You know, we'll talk about that. They're next just, week. they're just, there's so many coaches that are really figuring out how to scheme, figuring out how to put their players in the best position to win. And and you know, we talked about Tim Tebow earlier. I'm gonna bring him up. Is the fact that nobody thought Tim Tebow was gonna succeed in the NFL. And if I, if I'm looking at it, I think. I would confidently say Tim Tebow was a success in the NFL. You know, he didn't, not for very long and all that, but, you know, they had this battle for the whole time where do you have to build an offense? Should you build an offense around your players or or put your players around your offense? And I think we're learning more and more that the best way for a team to work is to build your offense around who you have. And that's exactly what people like Sean McVay or Kyle Shanahan, excuse me, have done. And it's working. Okay, and I think that that's really fun, and that's really awesome for the NFL, and it's incredible as a fan to be able to have that confidence that your coach is that smart to keep you in the game, and so you know that goes into just like schemes and play calling, and 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 working in key moments in terms of game time decisions and, and in game decisions, and coaches are just getting really really smart, and it's great for the sport. It really is to have so many games come down to the wire and that leaves us for a great weeks 16 and 17 when divisions are going to be on the line oh yeah great point yeah good answer yeah all right oh it's my turn <laughs> yeah i'm ready i'm on uh, the edge of my seat speaking of divisions being online guess who's tied for the division lead in the afc east who's that the miami dolphins okay tied at least in record in with record the, with the pats because the pats are one because they, right, so they have the tie yep but you know, we've talked about them a lot, but I think they deserve to be talked about because they're they're such an engrossing team. No, get out. Okay. <laughs> but but regardless, you know, Brock and Roll started last week, three hundred and eighty yards and three touchdowns. Okay. I need your thoughts as a Dolphins fan and as an analyst. Is Brock Osweiler the, like should he be your quarterback? Oh god, no. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. I I love Brock Osweiler. Okay. I wish they would have brought Brock Osweiler in last year instead of Jay Cutler. I, okay. I pitched yeah, that idea we did. to you. Yeah, we did talk uh, about it. When I was when I was down in Puerto Rico and I was like, this is the guy they should go get. Yeah. Um, so no. I mean I, I'm glad he's on the team. And yeah. I, I think Brock Osweiler is um a much better player than the weird arc of his career okay. has has come yeah. to. Um, so I will say this. Actually, you know what? We're going to go to the stack guy because there's okay. a few different ways yeah. I want to. All right. So stack guy got me hooked up and I realize and I, and I apologize to you, my friend, because this is cheating and cold reads because it's supposed to be completely well, but just. Here's, here's the thing is that you had the thought though with the cold read, we just asked for a little bit of an assist to pull up what you actually were going to talk about. That's sure. Fine. So the the question was, is Brock Osweiler for, for real? So like you mm-hmm. said, the the 300 plus yards, the three touchdowns, the actual air yards of his pass down touch, his touchdown passes, excuse me, were four yards, zero yards, and one yard. <laughs> and then the wide receivers did absolutely everything. Okay, so, okay. I mean, you win the game how you win the game. And that has obviously been a very big part of Miami's success this year. Yes. It has been their wide receivers having so much speed. And that's something that Gase really, really implemented and went out yeah. in the free agency and got. And he wanted to start using Jakeem Grant, wide receiver, a little bit more. Yeah. So, obviously... The offense is designed a little bit to do those sort of things. Right. So when they're able to do it, it, it works phenomenally. So, But we can't – you you could have thrown the ball a yard and let Albert Wilson take it 80 yards to, to tie up the game. Right. So uh, 
I will say this, and I, I said it before we went to Stat Guy. I'm a huge Brock Osweiler fan. I yeah. think he. I'm. I'm glad he's on the team. Mm-hmm. I think he knows Adam Gase how he works, how yes. what he wants from him, and and I want to play this part uh, from his post game interview because it's something going back to way back when you asked me a question about Ryan Tannehill and what I wanted to see from Ryan Tannehill. Now, I'm not saying that Ryan hasn't been doing this because I feel like he has and I I, I don't know it. But in the post-game press conference, they asked Brock Osweiler a question about Kenyon Drake because I don't know how much you know about the game. In overtime, Miami got the ball, drove it right down. He fumbled on the one-yard line. He fumbled on the one-yard line. And so they asked Brock Osweiler what they what he if he if he talked to Drake after that happened Ooh, and okay. Brock said this. Yeah, I did. Um, I went up to to Drake uh, right before Chicago kicked the field goal, and I just said, "Hey, listen, they're going to miss this field goal, and I need you to bring the swagger and confidence you've been playing with all day." And uh, he looked me in the eye and he said, "Okay." And sure enough, he's the guy who made the big play to get us in the field goal range. So. Yeah, so I'm all about that. That's awesome. To go and, and, and do something like that with a guy who, in a lot of ways, really just cost you the game. You're on the one-yard yeah. line. Yep. You could have punched it in, and he was just trying to do too much. So for Brock Osweiler to go and, and to say that, first of all, like, I'm sure this happens more than we think it and does. And we said it. We said it too about the Aaron Rodgers thing. But I mean, like, and I'm sure, like I said, it that happens. It has to happen more than we think it does. Yeah. But that that is the, you just kneeled on the head. That's exactly what I thought of. It's the Aaron Rodgers where he goes and says like, "Hey, this is gonna happen, and when it does, we're gonna get it." Yeah. And so for Brock Osweiler, a man who's been through so much in his football career, yeah. all over the map as to what he was considered and regarded as. To go and to have that confidence, to go and say something like that to your to your teammate, I love it. I do too. So, uh, as as a Miami fan, it's exciting times. Uh, Mike predicted that they were going to beat the Lions. I think them being at home, uh, I'm 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 picking them too. So I, I feel like they can be at five and two, and we'll see what happens going into Thursday night football in a few weeks. So wait, so you said you, Miami's not in the picks thing, right? They're not in our pals picks, right? Okay. But I was just Regardless. saying. Yeah, no, I like that. Okay, so second goal read. A lot of fun. We talked about this, and I wanted to be the one to give Ooh. you props for this. Okay. Because this is kind of funny. So you you texted me the other yesterday and said in your Baker cold read from episode four, <laughs> you predicted he'd throw for 3,741 yards. Yep. If you average out, the for, for just for all of you listening, if you average out his three full games since then and project that through the season, it's 3,791 yards. Yep. Absolutely incredible. For, I wanted to give you props uh, for that. I mean, there's, there's some lucky parts to awesome. it, but so, so far, cool. What I wanted to do next is ask you to predict how many wins the Browns will have based off of that projection of the numbers. Oh, I, I don't my answer. That was part of the same cold where you asked me Did what I? the Browns were going to win. Oh, that's right. It was 7-10. to ten. Okay, but regardless, is a lot has changed since week four to now. It sure. really has. Okay. So regardless, I want I want you to tell me, you know, because people were riding high last week. I was falling for it. I picked them last week to win. Yeah. And to have that big upset, and they didn't. So I want you. I want your thoughts. I want your opinions on it. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I think they will win this week. I think they beat Tampa Bay. Okay. Uh, let's just like walk through the schedule at Pittsburgh. I think they won't win that game. Okay. I think they'll make it a competitive, fun game, but yeah. I, I still don't see them winning. Uh-huh. Kansas City, I see them losing. Atlanta, I see them losing. 
they have their bye. Uh, then they play Cincinnati at Cincinnati. Yeah. I think they lose that too. Okay. At Houston, I think they'll get that one. I think they will beat Houston. Um, at or versus Carolina, that's gonna be a, a really good game. I'm really excited yeah, about it. Absolutely. At Denver, I think they'll beat Denver. Cincinnati, I think we'll sweep them. And then week 17 at Baltimore, I think Baltimore is gonna be in a really strong position to be either winning that division or wild card, and they're gonna need absolutely. to win. I think they will get it done. So I'm seeing three, three more wins that I'm confident in. Okay. Throw in wiggle room for two any given Sunday things. Okay. So they they're at what right now? Two. Is it two three and one right now? Yes. Is that their record? So I'm still saying six to seven wins. Okay. That's what I said All before. Right. Cool. All right. So. Yeah. All right. So you know at least thus far, like I'm being consistent. And I dig that. All right. It's time for... Pals Picks. Oh, yeah. Oh, I like that one. <laughs> All right. I, I didn't do a lower locked octave next You want to try again? Yeah, let's try again. It's time right. for... Pals Picks. Oh, yeah. Oh, that was sexy. <laughs> I like it. All right. So, uh, Pals, Pals Picks. Picks. I fell on my face. Yeah, neither of us did that well, but... You know what? I... Kind of don't even. A little. I don't think I. I mean, like I went zero and three. Yeah. But I don't think I truly fell on my face no, as you, much as I don't think you did it, either. It could appear. I gave you three very tough football games yes. on purpose. You did, but the thing <laughs> is, so the Colts Jets. I won't talk about that one because they got. We won't even say because it looked closer than it was at the end of the day. But, but what they not? got shellacked. <laughs> Steelers at Bengals. I picked the Bengals. I've already said I was in my rant. They should have won. Recall. They should have won. They were in position if they hadn't had that thing. And maybe it could have been a penalty. I don't maybe. think it is a penalty, but they were ahead. Could have won. Chiefs. Same situation. That was just a game of who got the football last. It was yep. Tom Brady and the Patriots. Yep. If Tyreek Hill wasn't so darn fast and cool, could have been a different thing. But That's I'm not. True. I'm not. Uh, I'm not a fan of the whole like you shouldn't score a touchdown because yeah. you never know when you're gonna be able to score a touchdown so right. score the darn touchdown yeah but who knows what would have been if he just hadn't <laughs> so uh i mean i very easily the could game have been two and one like for the final four minutes of games could have been two and one That's so it was for the final 15 seconds i was i was of each game i was putting the two minute warning for both of those games and it combined them oh okay got you for the the pats Bengals yeah. games all so. right all right yeah, so you went uh, one and two, my friend. I did. I don't, uh, it's funny, I was down in Washington on a vacation this week, and I texted you, I was like, I don't even remember what games I gave you. <laughs> yeah, well, I picked the Titans, and they got shut out, and yeah. then I picked the Bills emphatically, and they should have won that football game, don't get me back on that rant, and then I, the the one I think that you didn't, you disagreed with the most was probably the Panthers-Redskins, because you were surprised when I picked the Redskins. You're right, you're right, and I forgot that I gave you that game. Yeah, I mean, and again, that was a thing where, obviously, I'm not trying to not support you, but yeah. that was a game that Cam Newton, if he was a player that we've been all over the map yeah. with, if he was just not inconsistent, Cam yeah. could have put his team in a position to win, yeah. but it was just highly inaccurate. But I will say, and I just said it, I was down in Washington, D.C. on a vacation yeah. this week, and I was at a restaurant as this game was wrapping up, and it was so cool to see like that fan base yeah. freak out. Like There were three people in very close vicinity that jumped up when Cam threw That's the awesome. incomplete pass. It was just, it was one of those moments where it was cool to see football meaning so much. Well, yeah, but it's also cool, interesting, real quick, to point this out, and then we'll wrap up with our episode, but... 
with Palace picks and Fred's fortunes. But I wanted to say that's kind of cool to see fan bases that you don't normally get to see because, you yeah. know, we see a lot of Browns fans and Steelers fans and obviously you're a Dolphins and Packers fan and I'm a Bills fan. So, like, we've seen a lot of those fans that are local, and it's even Philadelphia fans. But you don't really get to see a lot of Washington fans yeah. in this area, so that's cool to see. It was neat. Yeah. It was very I digress. Pals picks. All right, so let's get into uh, this week. Uh, updated records. I am nine and nine. Yep. You are seven and eleven. So yeah. you're always open, my friend. I sure am. Give me a phone call, ladies. I'm anyway. afraid. I I don't <laughs> like. This is the first time since uh, week three that it's I been am, within a week. I'm in position to take the lead. So I'm very <laughs> anxious. So let's uh, get into this. I'm asking you first. So we are going the Carolina Panthers we just mentioned, traveling to Philadelphia to take on the Eagles. I'm very confidently picking Carolina Panthers. So here's my thing. Washington's a lot better than people give them credit for. They're just inconsistent. And they showed up last week. They really did. They were angry. They are a lot better than people give them credit for. Their defense is very good. And Alex Smith is still Alex Smith. Sure, he doesn't have the same wealth of weapons that he had in KC, but he's still a very, very competent quarterback. All right. He can get it done. Adrian Peterson, Chris Thompson is a great backfield. So the Panthers shouldn't feel embarrassed that they got beat. And it was still a close game, even though Cam didn't really fully show up. Sure. Cam's really going to fully show up in this game. And All right. And he's, he's going to pass... Not for an incredible amount of yardage, but he's going to have his impact is on his feet. He's going to make some big plays on the ground this week, and Christian McCaffrey's going to have a big day too. The Eagles give up a lot of running yards. They don't give up so many passing yards, but they give up a lot of rushing yards. Panthers travel to Philadelphia. They win this week. All right. Going uh, game number two, the Cleveland Browns we just talked about again. Uh, traveling down to Tampa to take on the Buccaneers. With their new defensive coordinator. Yeah. And he's still going to get scored all over. Baker Mayfield's going to, on the road, take yep. care of this one. All Baker right. Mayfield and the Browns are going to get win number three. Three, three, and one. Who would have thought? I believe in Baker, and I believe in, in in that defense to just really make Jameis Winston look like the non-franchise quarterback that he really, truly is. Ooh, there's some Jameis hate coming out once again. Last game for you, my friend. Texans traveling to take on division rival Jacksonville Jaguars. Are we secretly Texan fans? <laughs> yeah. I don't. I feel like that's always been one of those teams that we both like. Yeah, we were talking about it. It's got Bill O'Brien. Oh, you're gone. You're right. This is like the eighth time that we, we did put the them Texans in house all picks. the time. Uh, the Texans four straight wins. Here we go. They're going to win. Four, all right. Four in a row. Then I go all road teams, didn't I? You did. I went all the road teams. Which here's the thing is that the Texans have sort of found themselves in. They shouldn't have won last week. They really should not have. I do not believe that they earned that victory last week. Nathan Peterman threw that game away. That being said, good teams find a way to win no matter how it happens. And they won. Okay. And and we saw them be able to do it through, you know, a late game drive the week before that. And we saw them be able to do it where they really kind of handled the team for most of the game. And then it was the Indianapolis game, right? Yep. And then... Well, I mean, that came down to overtime. And then I came down... Well, what I meant, like, the... Meaning that their offense was just really great that whole day. Okay, yeah. Um, so they've won, They've been able to win in many different ways the last three weeks. And I, and the, the Jags are slipping up. And I we talked about it week one when we did season predictions. I thought that they weren't going to be that great this year. Okay. And I still believe that they're going to fall off and Texans take control of the division this week. I will say this because I, I said I would during the very beginning of the episode. 
I'm not even. I I haven't picked this game yet. I'm I'm still thinking about it. But yeah. I said if the Jags defense was looking to for a team to get back on track, it was against the Houston Texans. Not because because you're right. You you brought up how overall they're in the top five of offense, uh-huh. but. Deshaun Watson is one of the most sacked quarterbacks this year. That's very true. He was sacked seven times last week. Turnover prone. He throws the ball up and sometimes... Five turnovers last week. So if there is a defense or an offense that this Jags defense wants to get back on track... Okay. Not necessarily to do really well. It's not going to be a shutout, but they can make some plays against this. And even if they lose, I think get some of that confidence back. Absolutely. All right. So I have all three road teams, Panthers... Browns and Texans. And now we're going to flip over to you, my friend, my pal. Game one, Broncos visiting Arizona Cardinals. Ooh, see, Thursday night football. The thing it's is, on, it's on. I feel like this shouldn't be... This is like one of those games where I was like, this shouldn't be this hard to it pick. Shouldn't. But it's, it is. But it it's, is. It's really tough. Like, great pick. And I, I, I guess I did do a Thursday night game before, but I never thought of doing Thursday night right. games as my picks for you. Oh, God, I, I just feel like this can go any which way. So, I mean, Denver is traveling, but, I mean, defense travels, but that defense is not what it's been. And I feel yeah. like this is a game where David Johnson can get it going once again. They have been gashed. Denver back-to-back over 200 yep. yard on, on the ground. Yep. So, I mean, dang, if this isn't a game where DJ can get going, maybe my true love for DJ should be questioned. So uh, I'm going with the home team here. I'm going with the Arizona Cardinals. I think Josh Rosen gets a career win number two. Okay. I think uh, Christian Kirk can continue to build upon a pretty impressive rookie year. Uh, But really, I think it's going to be ground game, ground game, ground game. Yeah. And I think DJ's going to get it done. Uh, Yeah. My fantasy team thanks you for that. Yeah. All right. So we're going with the home team, the cards. Saints traveling to Baltimore. Ooh, another tough, tough game. And all the times, and it's funny because we've talked about the Texans, but I think this might be like the third, fourth time that I've had to pick a Saints game. Really? Yeah. (laughs) And every time I've done it, I've said in Drew Brees, I trust. And this one, I'm going to go with the Ravens. Oh! Now, hang on. So, I'll say this. It's truly because they're on the road. Yeah. Because they're in Baltimore is why I'm ticking that. The team just doesn't play as well when they're outside. Yeah. Especially in a northern climate where it's going to be cooler. It's not going to be frigid in Baltimore. Uh, But this is a game where I feel like that defense, that defense is riding such a high right now. Okay. Not that they're they're not going to sack Drew Brees eleven times that just right. won't happen, but yeah. I think they'll force him to throw the ball a little bit faster than maybe he wants to. Okay, they're going to be able to really try to limit as much as they can that uh-huh. running game. Yeah, and I feel like Joe Flacco and the offense are just going to be able to move the ball and as much as they need to to win okay. the game. Now I will say this, and I'm putting a little asterisk. Obviously, it doesn't matter because I'm picking Baltimore, but I think. New Orleans having the bye week to prepare for this game to get ready to go up there. They have a really good game plan put in place. So if they do perform and win, I'm not gonna. Okay. I won't be shocked whatsoever. Okay. But yeah. I, it's truly, it's truly that they are on the road. All right. As All to right. why I'm not, as to why I'm picking. Real quick, in my $100 Yahoo League, do I start Drew Brees or do I go with Philip Rivers instead? Oh, you, I, you go with Philip Rivers. Okay. Right. Uh, and the last one, I'm this. This one's fun for fun for me to hear. Really. 
the Patriots traveling to Chicago to face the Bears. It, Bears, who probably should have won last week. Yeah, you, uh, could, uh, you could make the argument. A, a pretty, pretty solid team, and Pat seemed to kind of figure it out in the last couple weeks. So here we go. I'm prepared to go 0-3 once again because <laughs> I'm going to Chicago Bears. Oh, man. Going I went with the, the road teams. You went with the home teams. I'm going to Chicago. <laughs> really? That's yes, awesome. Yes. I love it. I'm going to Chicago Bears because I feel like while the defense did not play incredibly great against Miami, uh-huh. Miami's offense is built differently to to combat what Chicago does poorly, and it's those speed things. Yeah. So like they were able to get out and let the guys. Uh, New England's not built like that. Yeah. So I really feel like again the last two games when everyone's been like the Pats have figured it out. Yeah. They've been in Gillette Stadium. Yeah. Where. You don't win, it doesn't matter. Yeah. You don't beat Bill Belichick and Tom Brady in Gillette. So we're going back on the road for the first time since they got beat up in Detroit. Yep. I think Khalil Mack's going to eat. I, oh, am, I yeah. love the defense against this team. And I feel like the offensive line of the Pats is just not going to be able to handle that. And as much as we're saying that New England's figuring it out, yeah. Chicago's figuring it out on offense. That's actually true. Matt Nagy is having that team all over the place. Mitchell Trubisky's playing pretty darn well. Mitch Perfect. And, uh, yeah, so going going Chicago. I love it. Road teams and home teams. This should be fun. So just to recap, uh, Adam, myself, has the Panthers traveling to the Phil- Philadelphia Eagles and winning. Then we have the Browns winning on the road against the Bucks and the Texans beating the Jags. And then Josh has all three home teams, the Cards at home against the Broncos, the Ravens winning against the Saints, and the Chicago Bears beating the New England Patriots at home. There we go. Let's do some friends' fortunes, my friend. Why not? Let's get one of them right this week. I've, yeah, you're <laughs> so right. So I'm going to leave the room, and Josh is going to hit us with his friends' fortune. All right, here we go. Hey, careful there. All right, so you know what? I'm using a little bit of Adam's, uh, what he just said about his prediction with the Carolina Panthers, Philadelphia Eagles game. I don't think Panthers win. Now, actually, I, I don't think Adam's right with his way that you attack the Eagles' defense. You don't run on them. You actually do throw on them. But I'm going to say, and everybody is real curious about the backfield of the Philadelphia Eagles still, the injury of Jay Ajayi, so now they're playing with some lesser-known guys, but guys that can definitely play. I am going to say that in that game, there is going to be over 250 combined rushing yards of the two teams. Now that may that's going to include everybody. That includes Cam Newton and Cam, Christian McCaffrey, who Adam did say are going to have big games. I obviously expect that, and I feel like these lesser known quote unquote running backs of the Eagles are going to do just fine holding their own, continue to hold down the fort, and we might even see a few more runs from Mr. Carson Wentz than we normally do. So here we go, 250 total rushing yards between the two teams uh, in this game. You heard it here first. Let's get Adam in. So our episode got super long, super quick, according to Josh. So my friend's fortune is that next week we will be under an hour and a half. Just kidding. But regardless, I digress. So... We talked about the Baltimore Ravens, the Baltimore Ravens, having 11 sacks this past week, tying an NFL single-game record. Now, we're traveling to a fun little game coming up. The Buffalo Bills are traveling to the Indianapolis Colts, and I've been afraid to tell my friend's fortune be about the Bills. That being said, I feel pretty confident in this one because I think that we're not getting the respect that we deserve. And 
I'm going to make two. Actually, you know what? I'm going to make three bold predictions right now for my French fortune. I'm going to get them all correct. The NFL record for most sacks in an NFL game combined is 18. 18 sacks in one game. And that record is the Green Bay Packers versus the San Diego Chargers on September 24th, 1978. The Packers had eight sacks. Chargers had 10. Now, I'm looking at the Buffalo Bills, who are ranked third in sacks taken right now with 24. And that's with a pretty mobile quarterback in Josh Allen. And this upcoming week, we're going to have either Nate Peterman or Derek Anderson. And while Indianapolis has only given up 10 sacks this year, which is actually really great for them having fixed their offensive line a little bit, I think that they have not faced a pass rush like the Buffalo Bills and a defense like the Buffalo Bills, who had seven sacks last week. So... Not only do the Colts and the Bills break the record for combined sacks in a game, they each break the single game record. Both teams are going to have 12 sacks, 24 total, a new NFL record. All right, we're both back in the room together. So if you lasted with us through an episode this long, you're a true fan, and I appreciate it a lot. We do appreciate you. I have to say this before we truly wrap up the show, though. We highlighted it last week, and I just had to bring it back up. Obviously, in week six of the NFL fantasy football season, Adam and I went against each other three times, and it is truly phenomenal that Adam has never beat me in fantasy football. We thought this would be the year that it fell. He still has one more chance at least before the playoffs to get it done. But I did go 3-0 and in fantasy football this week I against Adam. It's unbelievable. <laughs> <laughs> There's just truly something going on where there have been teams where I've had that just should not have beat his team. At all. Happens. Regardless, I'll take it when I can get it. So thanks for listening to us again for Episode 7. If you want to be a guest on the show, let us know. And please follow us on Twitter at Simult catch on twitter simultaneous catch fan page on facebook and we're also on podbean itunes and spotify now so if you're not listening to us you really just don't like us that much and that sucks it does but we're pretty good and we have a lot of fun so we hope you have fun with us please continue to listen to us please continue to share like and listen god bless